Section 8 of Criminal Investigation, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joseph Tabler. Criminal Investigation, a Practical Handbook for Magistrates, Police Officers, and Lawyers. Volume 1 by Hans Gross. Translated by John Adam and John Collier Adam. Chapter 1. The Investigating Officer. Continued. Section 7. Orientation. Finding His Bearings. The investigating officer is oriente, that is, has found his bearings. The metaphor is derived from the mariner's compass. When he knows his department, his district, his subordinates, his auxiliaries, the means at his disposal for facilitating his work, his possible difficulties, in short, when he is acquainted with everything he may come across in his official career and what may be of service or disservice to him. He must not forget that every case of even ordinary complexity presents or may present so many difficulties that when he comes to attack it he has neither time nor opportunity for studying the means calculated to lighten his labor or solve his difficulties. All this ought to have been seen to beforehand. Suppose that an investigating officer has just arrived at his post in some part of the country. His first duty is to make the acquaintance of his superiors and subordinates. It is self-evident that the most important person to him is his principal assistant, the magisterial clerk, or police inspector, or station-house officer, as the case may be. For all depends on this man's intelligence, willing cooperation, and knowledge of the district and people. When he can be trusted, his information is most valuable to the young investigating officer, more especially if the assistant happens to have been for a long time in his post. The investigating officer will then try to obtain information about the other officials so as to know what to expect from them. Every official under government, no matter what his duties, is bound to promote the general welfare, and it is incumbent on him in important cases to lend assistance to officials in other services. But in order to command the help of other officials when needed, the investigating officer ought to be on good terms with them beforehand, and in his own sphere to show himself as serviceable to them. This cooperation may be most varied and extend to every imaginable branch of information. As a rule, the most important thing to know is to what extent one can rely upon and trust people with whom one has business. In the district in which the author started work, there was an old tax collector who knew the people and country thoroughly in whom he could repose the most absolute confidence, and who rendered him inestimable services. Nearly every day the author used to overwhelm him with questions, and his kindness in answering them was inexhaustible. He had lived in the district for a long time, was a tireless walker, and knowing the smallest village and its inhabitants, was acquainted with everything he could be asked. Can A be relied on? Can you also get from X to Y by way of Z? If someone steals a cow at M and brings it to N, can he go by way of the mountain at O? What would be the weight of the largest trout that can be poached from the stream P? 
has q really the reputation of being a man of violence to a thousand questions of this kind he would reply accurately and without hesitation there are men of this description everywhere only they must be found out with such men at his disposition much labor and trouble and many mistakes may be obviated one such person is naturally not enough to give information the investigating officer must have them in every village and in each district he ought naturally to procure certificates of good character and good conduct and other information respecting different persons from the local police authorities which should find their allotted place among his records but any one who has any experience knows full well that the value of such documents is in most cases very small in theory these certificates should come from members of the community itself whereas they are in practice drawn up by officials and frequently a mere clerk prepares them in such cases but more especially in the latter personal opinion favor and disfavor relationship and friendship enmity and jealousy play a great part where is there for example a village magistrate who has not in his village either relations or friends or someone with whom he is quarreling or at arm's length if the investigating officer knows this and he ought to know it he cannot in good conscience base his opinions or decisions entirely upon a certificate thus drawn up to act conscientiously and wisely he ought to have men in whom he can trust to whom he can have recourse in difficult cases it must not be thought the act of a spy to obtain information from people in whom we have confidence concerning individuals whose testimony is for the time being of importance but it is not only when the need makes itself felt that such persons must be sought out they must be already known for a long time and have been often tested so that implicit reliance may be placed on them perhaps the investigating officer will not be ready at first sight to admit the utility of these people but when he has to appreciate the effect of an important but uncorroborated statement or compare the value of two contradictory depositions or still more to come to a conclusion as to the possibility of someone committing a crime of which he is accused then will he be too thankful to find an honest serious and trustworthy person who knows the situation and can give information concerning the character of the persons in question in european countries the most trustworthy information will generally be derived from the parish priest but such a source of information is almost wholly wanting in india the opinion of the military authorities upon old soldiers furnished in discharge notes and other documents is also of great importance the officer in command of the company of the man in question has had sufficient opportunities of observing him and that at a time when his character is revealed most forcibly and clearly the accuracy and justice of the notes made by military officers even when recorded a long time previously is often most striking the investigating officer ought to study as accurately as possible the local topography from the moment an official becomes an investigating officer he is no longer anything but an investigating officer all that he does observes studies or hears ought to be subordinated to the single aim of knowing how he can make use in his work of what he has learned 
he ought not exclusively to occupy himself with one side of things his knowledge ought to be extensive as extensive as possible everything can be of service to him and it is exactly for this reason that he ought to obtain information about everything but always with the view of making use of it as an investigating officer he will be indeed unable to go for a walk in the sense of strolling with mind at rest enjoying peacefully the beauties of nature he cannot go to the band merely for the pleasure of listening to the music in all the walks he makes either for pleasure or duty an ordnance or survey map should be in his hand so as to study thereon all the roads hills and watercourses engraving their names upon his memory he ought to know to whom the smallest hut belongs to make note of every road traversed to seek out known localities and establish their relative situation their distance apart and the means of communication between them to know what can be seen therefrom and how far the view extends when he sets out he should look at his watch and should afterwards mark on the back of his map the time it takes from point to point a peasant can but give in hours or parts of an hour or native measures of time as naligays twenty-four minutes or jams three hours the distance from his house to the temple the toddy shop the shavidi the tana the nearest railway station etc etc for he finds it inconvenient to arrive late at a religious ceremony miss his train etc if he is questioned upon any other distance he will no doubt always answer promptly but also invariably inaccurately and this may often be the source of grave mistakes it is not always possible when necessity arises to have the distance measured by an official and therefore a note of it should be taken in advance as opportunity presents there are localities which the investigating officer must examine in the light of future events hotels and drinking shops and brothels because of brawls that may take place in them mortuaries because of post-mortems that may be carried out there ponds and wells in villages on account of possible accidents by drowning forests because of poaching and illicit felling etc he must try to become acquainted with the local police stations the organization of forest guards the beats of the perambulating police force salt and abkari circles tanks and irrigation systems the manner of closing doors windows stables and outhouses within the distance of a league one often finds quite dissimilar practices attention must also be paid to industrial works and technical installations which vary greatly according to localities because when the case arises one often finds very great difficulty in understanding them from the descriptions given of them which are always more or less defective a flour mill an oil mill a sawmill a blacksmith's forge a stone quarry a coke furnace a brick and tile kiln and many other industrial establishments differ in appearance in different localities and cannot be pictured from mere description to know what they are really like they must have been seen everyone has found by experience that he can form but a very inexact idea of one of these places from a mere verbal description on the other hand it is thoroughly comprehended if seen only once a great many educated people have never entered a flour mill or a sawmill in their lives 
and yet such establishments have considerable interest this is all the more surprising as everyone must have passed say an oil mill hundreds of times and could have inspected it without any inconvenience the investigating officer should never let slip an opportunity of visiting an industrial establishment or factory of having everything shown and explained to him in the most detailed manner he will generally find the management ready to afford every information every man especially the plain man is pleased when interest is shown in his work and what he happens to be doing when he can teach and explain anything he always exhibits willingly and readily whatever there is to be seen if one already knows something of what he is showing you so much the better he will be the more disposed to speak if one knows nothing care must be taken in questioning him for ordinary folk cannot imagine that educated people know nothing of such everyday things he will become distrustful and circumspect fancying that he is being played with one must be contented in such a situation with examining asking short questions and listening on the next occasion things will work better if the investigating officer has some technical knowledge of this kind he can in many cases facilitate his work take for example a mill not a very rare thing and suppose that the investigating officer has never in his life set foot in one an accident takes place in the mill or a burglary or a fraud or embezzlement by the staff or a fire etc each of these cases will have some connection with the technical construction of the mill the accident has been brought about for instance by a fault of manufacture or material or want of supervision in some part of the building the burglar will also have profited by some portion of the machinery the staff could not have carried out the frauds without knowing the plan of the interior and the relative position of the various departments as regards fire one cannot possibly find out how it has taken place without knowing the complete fitting up of the mill how can an investigating officer conduct the inquiry in such a case when he possesses not the slightest assured base for his investigations let it be again remarked that the recollection of places once seen is easily retained most men find little difficulty in remembering places even when the details have been forgotten the memory is soon refreshed when a witness begins to speak about them another important point is that of the means of communication in a district main roads ordinary roads cart tracks footpaths etc it is not difficult to become acquainted with these the investigating officer has only to find and mark on the map all the roads he has passed over and see whether they are correctly set down which will probably be the case as regards the principal arteries corrections will mainly show where a main road has degenerated into a side track through the making of a new main road or when a second class road has been promoted to the position of a main road he will also note down any other changes that may have taken place such as new buildings houses abandoned changes in the nature of the crops alterations in water courses etc in short his map must be always kept up to date nor should ordinary footbridges newly made or disused be forgotten nor wells tanks marshes ponds 
or other pieces of water be overlooked to these latter special attention must be given on a map the extent and direction of the water may be seen but this is not enough we must note the depth nature of banks change in the volume of water sluices fords and dams in short all particulars in connection with the water for water plays a role in many a criminal case and it is not easy to do good work while unacquainted with its usual aspects finally attention must be paid to the interior of houses when in the country the investigating officer has examined in full detail several peasants houses big and small he knows practically all others for they are constructed in accordance with a small number of types but these several types must be known the various parts of the houses and the uses they are put to must be noticed other great difficulties would be encountered in the very first case of theft or burglary much confusion was caused in a case some time ago in madras until it came out that the presiding judge was unaware of the ordinary plan of a hindu house with one or more courtyards behind never having been in one he imagined that the rooms facing the street formed as in a european cottage the whole house it is also of the greatest importance that the investigating officer should be thoroughly posted up about the experts that he will have at his command when the occasion arises naturally he ought to be perfectly well acquainted with the special talents singularities and weaknesses of the most important experts the medical jurisprudence the experts in other departments ought also to be known to him such as experts in firearms building valuations etc all these should be known beforehand he must learn what to expect from them and how they may be usefully employed but for this it will not suffice merely to know their profession this can be done by reading their particular talents and singularities must be accurately ascertained when a person is a good linguist or has traveled is a numismatist has knowledge of horses possesses a microscope or a well-trained dog he does not publish it to all the world but each of these circumstances may be of the greatest utility in the mafasal in the first case he can act as an interpreter in the second make sure whether a criminal is speaking the truth about his supposed travels in the third he can examine false coin in the fourth discover a horse fraud in the fifth lend his instrument to the medical man in the last lend his dog to track down some criminal a photographic camera will always be useful and even where an individual has no other peculiarity than that of having been born in a different country he may still be useful in exposing some foreigner or stranger pretending perchance to belong to that very same country but actually speaking quite another dialect in the smallest towns there are always certain people in possession of knowledge which may subsequently when occasion arises prove to be most valuable if in towns the police force and its auxiliaries are of great value to the investigating officer the rural police are none the less so for without them he could do little and often nothing at all but the result obtained with the aid of the police will in fact depend on the investigating officer himself if the investigating officer is on good terms with the police force and knows how to make use of it 
he will be assured of good results. Otherwise, the result will be negative, and in the latter case, the investigating officer is always at fault and not the police. But a subordinate is not a machine. Even a policeman, put into uniform and subjected to military discipline, preserves his individuality. You cannot kill it and must therefore submit to learn how to make use of it. This is why the investigating officer should possess the most accurate information as to the humor, character, and education of his assistants. Take, for example, the case of a magistrate directing an investigation by the police. Undoubtedly, it is the business of the police superintendent or inspector, and not of the magistrate, to select the individual officer to be employed for any special duty. When the magistrate writes, send a policeman to do so-and-so, such an order is irreproachable as an official order. But is it enough? One officer is distinguished for tact, another for energy, another for unusual physical strength. If in a difficult case one of these qualities is specially demanded, everything may be lost if the right man is not employed. But quite possibly the inspector does not know all the particulars of the case or the plans of the magistrate. Often he has no time to study the details. And if the magistrate does not go beyond a dry official letter, no great result can be expected. But if the magistrate knows the men and their special qualifications, he will take care to have a consultation with the inspector as to the man to be detailed. Then he will have the officer sent to him, explain the case, and give him his opinions and plans. He will listen also to the views of the officer. He will take precautions against incidents which may crop up. He will discuss with him the various ways of setting to work. In a word, he will explain the whole matter as clearly as possible. Thus posted up, the officer will certainly do his best. His self-conceit, thus awakened, will prove a powerful stimulant. And if his work is well done, he should be congratulated on his success. A cordial word of encouragement and praise is so quickly given and goes so far. Think of the difficulty of a policeman's work, often heavily laden, often insufficiently protected from cold or heat. He has to tramp many miles to fulfill a mission for which he is solely responsible, strictly tied down by the innumerable ligaments of red tape, unable to take counsel with anyone. He must display the finest tact, indomitable courage, do neither too much nor too little, and finally reduce the whole to the limits of a complete and accurate report. If he has done all this without mistake, his cooperation must prove most valuable, and it is only common justice on the part of the magistrate, whom he has saved so much trouble and work, and whom he has provided with so useful a foundation for his further inquiries, to tender his devoted assistant a word of acknowledgment and thanks. He should also express his satisfaction in presence of the man's comrades and superiors, honor to whom honor is due. Well-earned praise is the best stimulant of zeal. Nothing discourages a man so much as to find his superior always discontented, constantly finding fault, and never having a good word to say of anyone or anything. This must be kept in view in all our relations with subordinate officials. End of section 8